Shapura and Pua by Jordan Reif, Co-Worship Director. Exodus chapter 1, 15 through 22. While very few Christians could list all the books of the Bible with ease, there's a good chance most could name the second book of the Bible, Exodus. This book is most known for its account of Israel's oppression by and liberation from Egypt, their Exodus, and of their journey to the Promised Land. This title, Exodus, makes sense to us. It's a catchy word that offers an excellent summation of the book. The Hebrew title, however, is a bit different. The Hebrew name for the second book is Shema, which means names. This title shifts the emphasis from action to identity. The story is primarily one of Israel's covenant identity as the children of God. The book of names, fittingly, begins with a list of names. Most likely, if you've made it through Genesis, you've heard these names before. Jacob, Joseph, Benjamin. But the problem is that by this point, all these people have died, and the new pharaoh of Egypt, who interestingly enough is never named, knew nothing about Joseph. This pharaoh felt threatened by the prosperity of the Israelites and began oppressing them. When the forced labor doesn't deter Israel's growth, Scripture says the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. However, Pharaoh's fear of Israel turned even more deadly. Here is where the first two names in the Book of Names are introduced. The midwives, Shipra and Pua. Pharaoh instructed these women to carry out a massive genocide, kill every Hebrew boy. Beyond the obvious cruelty of such a command, this order also posed an enormous threat to God's covenant with Israel and his promise to make them into a great and blessed nation, a nation that would be a blessing to all other nations. And it's at this darkest hour that the Lord uses these two women to preserve the lives of his chosen people. It's debated whether Shifra and Pua were Hebrew midwives or midwives for the Hebrews. But what the text does tell us is that they feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. They told Pharaoh that he didn't understand how Hebrew women gave birth, and his plan was futile, thus allowing God to use their vocational position and authority to preserve his people's lives. They became channels of life amidst the threat of death. We see this pattern all throughout Scripture. When God's people face oppression, he constantly and consistently uses others to be foretellers and forebearers of his hope. Salvation is near. Salvation is coming. Don't give up. Before Moses, there was Shifra and Pua. Before the Messiah, there were the prophets. And before Christ comes again, there is us. So as we wait, we wait like the midwives. We wait like the prophets, actively proclaiming and participating in God's redemptive plan. This Advent season, consider how your life right now can be a channel of hope. A simple practice may be to just think through your day and identify the people you'll encounter. Make your own little book of names and consider praying this prayer from St. Francis, with your list in mind. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.